Is it up? Good morning. Welcome to worship on this beautiful day to be in here for worship. It is a beautiful fall day in uh, remnants of summer still linger in the air, and we're grateful for that. As we are going through this uh, series of worship services this morning, we are going to be talking about being lifted. And I just want to remind you of how many places in Scripture we hear about Jesus lifting Jesus lifting in healing, Jesus lifting in bringing in, Jesus lifting in the context of there are none who are higher than the others. Jesus lifted prostitutes, lepers, um, blind, you name it. If they were on the outside, Jesus brought them inside and lifted them um, and so the question when we come to worship today is, will you be lifted? Will you allow Jesus, the Christ, to come into this space and the Holy Spirit to lift you from wherever your brokenness, your heartbreak, your loss, your worry, your anger, your frustration, will you let Jesus lift you? Let's pray. Lord, we give you thanks for this day, for life, for the breath within us, for the celebrations we are about, and for the grieving we know. Help us, guide us, lift us, heal us. In Jesus' precious name, amen. As we move into the song, um, I just want to remind everybody that uh, after worship, after this particular worship service, between the services, we're going to do something uh, wonderful, um, but only wonderful because of who it involves, and that is celebrating um, Sue Wasayowitz last Sunday here as our accompanist and um, hero in music and all things worship. And so I invite you to just celebrate this time together this morning in worship and then stop by uh, as we continue to honor and celebrate her during that time but it wouldn't hurt to start now Good morning, everybody. This is one of Sue's favorites, and it's a song of celebration. We look at God's amazing grace, and we're called to respond, and I can't think of a better response than one of the lines in this song. Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for me. So I invite you to stand as we sing This is Amazing Grace.
here. He wants to make an announcement this morning. Oh, there he is. Come on up. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Good morning, everyone. And yes, it's fall fish fry season again. October 15, 22, and 29. And for those of you who have not heard the Drive-through fish fries are out, and bringing people into the dining room to fellowship with us is back in. That's great, and uh, nothing says we're back like uh, clipboards here at uh, Pendleton. So, um, 
I know I've uh, talked to a, a bunch of people already, um, and the response has been great, and I'm grateful for that. But we'd really like to get as many people as possible involved, um, even if it's for just one. Um, there's still a lot of slots open for, for uh, um, helping out. And uh, um, I was, uh, like I said last night, um, what I'm looking forward to is showing Kathy and Scott and Jennifer what a fish fry here at Pendleton is. And that's the only way that happens is through our volunteers. So uh, um, the, the clipboards will be, there's a table in the back. There'll be two there, one on the fellowship desk, or the welcome desk, sorry about that. And uh, so uh, check that out. Even the people I've talked to, you might want to look through it just in case I didn't write down exactly what you told me. So, uh, so I'll know. Um, the other thing we need, as in the past, are little uh, um, uh, plastic containers um, for leftovers. There'll be a bin back in what used to be Mission Alley. Might still be Mission Alley, I'm not sure. But that box will be there. You can help us out with that. So um, uh, get the word out so uh, we can have a success back in the dining room like we've had in the past. So thank you very much. Along that lines, Naomi wanted me also to announce uh, on our clipboard table is sign-ups to help with the rummage sale this Saturday, October 9th, and they are also looking for baked items. So if you are willing to bake, uh, there's a sign-up sheet back there also. So look around us today. We're a gathering. We're a community of people who want to follow Jesus. We share so much with those early Christians who struggled in the work of the gospel. But they also found joy in the world, joy in the Lord, and joy in that life that they shared together. No matter what you're carrying this morning or what we face, you are not alone. At this moment in our worship, we're invited to share what we have so that others will feel and find that same welcome, that same joy that we have known. So let us take time and gather our gifts together and offer them to God in gratitude and praise.
Thank you, Sue. Father, everything that we are and everything that we have come from you. We offer ourselves, our gifts, our talents, and our time. Please be with us through the week and accept our offering as we go and spread your word to everyone. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Will you please pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence in this place of worship. We come before you with humble hearts, and we ask that you grant us mercy and forgiveness. We intercede today for those who have heavy hearts. We ask that you hear their prayers of grief, loss, worry, or fear, and bring them relief. These burdens overwhelm us at times, but the psalmist reminds us, you bear our burdens daily. Jesus tells us that when we bring our burdens to him, we find rest for our souls. Grant us that rest, that peace and reassurance that we're not alone. We pray for people who struggle with poverty and stable housing. Often these individuals are cast aside and blamed for their condition. Give us generous hearts and keen minds to find solutions for these issues and share your love in a tangible way. We pray for mothers, fathers, and grandparents who struggle to help family members. Open our eyes to these needs around us and help us to better serve those in need of hope. We ask that you watch over those facing surgery this week. Let them feel your presence with them. We especially want to lift up Pastor Bob, who's having surgery on Tuesday. Father, we lay these burdens and those that we haven't spoken before you, that we carry in our hearts. You are our Father, the great I am, the ultimate healer, and in you all things are possible. God of mercy and love, hear our prayers, open our hearts, and heal our brokenness. To you be the glory. Amen. Good morning. 
Today's scripture reading is taken from the book of John, chapter 13, verses 1 through 20. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, Those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean. And you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, and that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you, he asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. I am not referring to all of you. I know those I have chosen. But this is to fulfill this passage of scripture. He who shared my bread has turned against me. I am telling you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe that I am who I am. Very truly I tell you, whoever accepts anyone I send accepts me, and whoever accepts me accepts the one who sent me. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. You can go ahead. That's all right. We'll move on. The video that, the picture that's up there captures, it's a man who has a sign that says foot washing. And he is offering to wash the feet. Ready?
one of those uncomfortable places where if I were to bring out a basin and a towel with water in it, you'd kind of sit yourself a little further back in your chair, maybe step up here somewhere. It's such a personal thing. And Jesus said, you have to let me do this for you. And he knew he was very soon going to be facing the cross and his death. And at this time, he was in a place where do it now, say it now, express it now, because his physical time with his brothers in the disciples was soon to be gone. But of all things washing their feet. Now, you've probably seen or been to services where there have been examples of washing one's feet. One pastor wanted the whole leadership team to have their feet washed on Monday, Thursday in front of everyone. Anybody who's here on the leadership be like, yay me, I'll be right there. Um, What this pastor found was that Uh, Only six were willing, and they came, and they were lined up in their chairs up front with their shoes off, and here's this one who just had a pedicure that afternoon because she knew it was coming. Here's this one who had his gold toe socks right in his shoes, ready to go, and here's the next one and the next and the next. And someone thought maybe they smelled Febreze because somebody maybe sprayed Febreze in their shoes before the service. It's a personal, personal space. 
Some people don't like touching their own feet, let alone touching other people's feet. Some people don't want other people to touch their feet. Some, if they're like my daughter Katie, it's because they're so ticklish that she just can't even stand it. It's not funny to her to tickle them. She doesn't, she laughs, but she mostly laughs and screams and pulls her foot away. Why did Jesus need to do this? This chapter in the book of John goes from the very beginning where Jesus is admitting that his hour has come and that soon he will face the end of his days. And here he is with those he loves And how shall he leave them? What message shall he leave them? And he doesn't recite the Ten Commandments. He doesn't recite um, things from the, the law and the eating rules and the who's in and who's out rules. Why? Because that isn't how Jesus operated in the years of his ministry. Jesus never encountered anyone who didn't belong at least at first chance. Jesus never encountered someone who was so broken that they couldn't be brought in to the community of faith. Jesus never found anyone so damaged or so sinful that they couldn't be redeemed and brought in. But brought in how? In this culture in which we live, we uh, live in a, in a time when leaders are this way, you know, raised to the top, lifted up above those who are around them, and they are like this. Jesus' sense of how that worked was not like that. It was, okay, I can do it. You saw it. It might be the only time that ever happens. was more like this. That we are, because of Jesus Christ, we are all lifted up. And as those who are all lifted up, our goal is not to be any higher than those around us. You remember the disciples squabbling about who's going to be next to Jesus in the kingdom. Oh, it's going to be me. It's going to be me. Like, you know, like little kids shoving. When I have children's moments, um, sitting here uh, in the front of a sanctuary, there's always someone who comes around the back and squishes in either to be next to me or to be next to their best friend. Um, But that's kind of how our society operates. The lifting, the washing is about the reality that we are all on a journey of being lifted in faith. And not me more than anybody else, not you more than anybody else, but the hope is is that we all just keep rising in faith and truth and love and grace and forgiveness until that day when we are all together in the kingdom of God. we might want to think that it's a good idea 
to have people who maybe are closer. People like to say, well, you know, you're the pastor. You're like closer to God than we are. Nope, not true. We are all as close to God as we pursue, as we pursue our callings, as we pursue what God would want us to do with our gifts. Foot washing. Foot washing is not a sacrament. In the United Methodist Church, sacraments are communion and baptism. And why? It's because they are a mysterious means of grace. That when we share in the bread and the cup, that we actually invoke the Holy Spirit to be present with us in that bread and in that cup. So that the love of Jesus Christ kind of like comes into that. We don't believe that that becomes Jesus but we believe that the Holy Spirit comes into that bread and that juice so that we may then take in the very love of Jesus Christ. Baptism is a sacrament because we believe when we pray over the water that the Holy Spirit will become a part of that water with which we baptize, making that person who is baptized new in the spirit, new in faith, even if they are very tiny or if they are very elderly. But foot washing isn't a sacrament. And yet, the question comes, can it be a mean of, means of grace? And I say that Jesus proclaimed it as a means of grace when he washed his disciples' feet. But why? Had he not told them that he loved them? Had he not shown them that he was about healing and lifting up people and including people? Had he not challenged them in ways that asked them to know the love of God made known through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit? He had, they had seen him heal, raise from the dead, um, do all kinds of miraculous things, but it was not necessarily to them. In this, them sitting, laying, really, at a table, and him bringing the basin and the towel that was wrapped around his waist to wash their feet. He took on the role of the lowliest servant. That's why they were like, no, 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 you can't wash my feet. He needed hands-on to demonstrate what it means to truly love another person. It isn't just the pretty stuff. It isn't just cards or flowers or a night out or whatever it is we might think of as love. It is those things, but it's not just those things. To be able to take what we often think of as one of the most unlikable parts of our bodies straight out of our shoes no wafting, no waiting, just straight out of our shoes and wash them with the dirt and the cracks and the veins and the smell and the whatever. You may have the most beautiful feet in the world, 
but they're still feet. Our current bishop, Bishop Mark Webb, in 2012, is that right, Scott? 2000, he came to be our bishop, and as one who was on the cabinet, I'd already had Bishop Fisher, then Bishop Matthews, and now Bishop Webb, and we were all anxious to meet him more in depth because he was going to be our boss. We were going to be working in close quarters for as long as either we were superintendents or he was the bishop in this area. And we were all excited and nervous about working with him. And he comes, and we're at a retreat center. We're dressed in casual clothes, and we get there, and there he is, and he's dressed in jeans and a shirt. And um, we begin to meet him. And then he tells us, um, as we are kind of in a circle, he offers us his Bible. That was from his consecration as a bishop, and it says on the front, engraved, Bishop Mark J. Webb. He wanted us to sign it as witnesses to the beginning of this ministry, and then he would wash our feet after we had shared communion together. Notice the after. You don't wash feet and then handle food. No matter how much it looks like you can wash up here, you can't really. It's feed and then wash. And you could see that people were a little uncomfortable. A little uncomfortable because this is the man that we just met and we're going to be working with him and he's going to touch our stinky, dirty feet. You could see, I mean, I know myself, I edged my feet out of my sandals and let them wave there a little bit before it was my turn. Why would he do that? Why did Jesus do that? Because, brothers and sisters in Christ, the love of Jesus is tangible. It's touchable. And it calls forth a a request to be able to be touched, not to shudder away from that love like it's okay up there. It's okay up there because that's the ultimate sign of love, but it doesn't translate to you touching intimate parts of my body that smell bad. But it does, and Jesus said, if you don't let me do this, then you will not be counted among me, among mine. If you don't let me do this. Now, I would never put that before anyone, that if I, you don't let me wash your feet. But how is it that we have that sense when Jesus tells the disciples, now I want you to go do that. Now the disciples, kind of like Bishop Webb, are going to show up in a new neighborhood and say, let me wash your feet. Why, Bishop Webb, why? Because we are now bound together in a story of deep faith. And the bishop's actions were, I'm here to serve. I'm here for all the good, the bad, the ugly. And we saw it all, and he still sees it all. And the beauty 
of the difference that it makes when people acknowledge and accept the love of Jesus Christ. So when the disciples pulled away and said, no, in some ways what he was saying is, you must let me love you. You must let me love you. Because if you don't let me love you, then somehow you're proclaiming at some level that you're not worthy of that love or you don't believe in that love or whatever the case might be. So week after week after week after week after week when we proclaim the love of Jesus Christ who lived and died and was risen from the dead and is with us with the Holy Spirit and God who made us, that the foundation of that is love and we kind of want to let it lean into Hallmark land. But it's not. It's the love that sees and feels and touches and knows the worst, the darkest, the most broken, the most wonderful, the most parts of us, and does not look away. Does not look away. Whether it's anger or disbelief or a sense of hatred or self-hatred or other hatred, that love will not look away because that love lifts. And when you are offered this bread and cup, that is a physical representation of that love. And so I invite you as you receive it today, as we offer it to everyone all the time, no matter who, no matter where, to let yourself begin to be lifted by that love because you're seen, you're known, and you're loved no matter what. And then, I'm lifted So then I choose. I have no choice. Sometimes I don't choose, but I have no choice to love others. I'm grateful to have been born with a, I think, a pretty loving disposition. But the reality is, is that if I truly know the love of Jesus in my heart, what choice do I have than to share it, to see how it lifts And that's also why I know that Jesus forgives me when I fail, as any or all of us will. But Jesus would say, no matter whether you knew you were going to have your feet washed and you scrubbed them as clean as you could, I still wash them. No matter whether your feet have walked through the muddy grass around the church and you come in and you leave mud tracks. Jesus doesn't see them. Jesus only sees the you and washes your feet. So may we know that lift. May we know that maybe someday some pastor will surprise you and say, okay, I picked you to come up here and get your feet washed. That happened to me once. 
I came back to a church, came back to a worship service where I'd been away, and um, some of the men had been to Promise Keepers, and at Promise Keepers, they told them to go home and wash their pastor's feet. And so that Sunday morning, they showed up, and they said, we're going to wash your feet today. And I was like, whoa, pantyhose. <laughs> I did not say that. You know, I, I managed my uh, self and they washed my feet but that is that kind of initial wait 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 no better time than this time to say in my heart I'm letting you in that far I'm letting you in give me the bread give me the juice and let me take your love and be lifted God sees us for who we are, and he offers his unfailing love. And as we choose to receive that and we respond, let us stand and lift our voices as we sing, How Great is Our God.
As we have been reminded of the love of God, as we have sung praise to the love of God, let us prepare to take part in the love of God, as you heard from Pastor Kathy, in the sacrament of Holy Communion. Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Almighty God, the Creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets, who looked for the day when justice would roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream, when nation would not lift up sword against nation, and neither would they study war anymore. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. It is ye who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. Your spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, and ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. At his ascension, you exalted him to sit and reign with you at your right hand. And on the night in which he gave himself up for us, Jesus took bread and he gave thanks to you. He broke the bread and he gave it to his disciples and he said, take and eat. For this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup and he gave thanks to you and he gave it to his disciples and he said, drink from this, all of you, for this is my blood, the sign of the new covenant, which is poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. Every time you drink it, do this and remember me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ. We offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ has risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and cup. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world. 
until Christ comes at his final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit and in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And now let us pray together the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. With today's service, please come forward. The table is set and the Lord calls. The table is open, truly open, as you heard explained for you today. Because it's not based on who you are, it's based on who he is. So let the spirit move you. As the spirit moves, please move to the center, come down the center, receive the elements and then go out through the sides. Make sure that you receive the gift because it is a gift to you from our Lord and Savior. There's a gluten-free station here on the far left, my far left, your right. And if you would prefer prepackaged elements, please let one of the servers know and they will give them to you. Come as the Spirit moves.
with so much to be thankful for, not in small part to Sue's long ministry, but God's love for us. I invite you to stand as we sing our final hymn, How Great Is Our God. Scratch that. To God be the glory. <laughs> the glory and may the lifted up people of God go and lift up the world. Be the light. Be the friend. Be the caregiver. Be the people of Jesus Christ.